My next guest is an artist from Brooklyn. He's been making music since the early 2000s and has been dubbed Ice-T's protege. His new project, Butter Smooth, is out now. Introducing Zayin. I gave my heart and soul to you, girl. Didn't I do it, baby? Didn't I do it, baby? Gave you the love you never knew, girl. Didn't I do it, baby? Didn't I? podcast everyone today i'm with a very special guest the one and only zaim what's going on what's going on <laughs> there we go <laughs> so i personally don't know any i don't know any zaims do you know any any zaims that's yeah. your birth name right it's funny i ran into a couple of zaims maybe about two or three two or three is a I ran into a little Asian kid at a uh, Dunkin' Donuts. And he was running around the house. I mean, running around the store. And his mother was like, Zayim, stop, Zayim. I'm like, why is this lady talking to me like this? You know, and, then, uh, and I said, hold on. Is, is his name Zayim? She's like, yeah, Zayim. So, you know, I, I, I ran into a couple of people. Not too many, though. It's, it's very rare that you, I run into a Zayim. And, and you're originally from Brooklyn, New York? Yes, sir. Is that correct? Brooklyn, New York. I was born in Staten Island. But I was raised in Brooklyn since youth. So, so what? And you're you're like in your thirties now, right? Yep, yep, yep. Let's just keep it at that. So, <laughs> so what? I'm not, I'm not the old thirties. <laughs> Hell yeah! But what artist did you come up with then? Like, New York has come out with a ton of talent. So, like, when you were coming up making music as well, what other artists uh, were popping off in New York? I mean, like up and coming artists or the artists that's like that I was jamming to up and coming up and coming mm. when i was coming up mm. honestly i don't i don't really remember i was so into uh i was so stuck on like michael jackson and Aaliyah, you know all those people that was actually just coming out you know anybody i was actually like the only one around my crew that was really doing the music stuff like that. So everybody was just like following what I was doing with the music. I didn't really know any other artists that was trying to come out around the same time as me that I knew. But um, yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you, and I'm, you started like in the early 2000s, correct? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Around like, I think my first, uh, first mixtape, I think I dropped around like 2004. But my first album I dropped around 2006. Scream my name. Got it, got it. Yeah. So during that time, there was like R&B was like super popular then. And also hip hop was definitely popular. I feel like early 2000s, like 2005, like 2000 to 2000, I'd give it like 2008. It seemed like R&B was like 
one of the top yeah. forms of music. Yeah. So were you more focused on R&B then, or were you mixing in like hip-hop with R&B? I was doing, honestly, I was doing a lot of hip-hop. Do hip-hop, R&B. Um, I was writing more raps than singing, and I would turn the raps into songs, you know, or I would just do the rap singing thing. And um, as I started, you know, getting older and learning more of my voice, you know, and learning more tricks and, and just coming into my own style, um, that's when I started running into certain people in the industry that was looking for a certain sound. And so with me being a, you know, I can, I'm very versatile, you know, um, I just, I started doing these different things and I kind of left where I was uh, developing on my own to, you know, try to fit this sound that everybody was looking for. And the funny thing is doing all that for a while, we're here now and people want the sound that I actually was building in the beginning, you know, and it's like, it goes wow. right back around. So it's cool. I mean, I'm, I'm loving it because it just shows artists. If you're an artist, you're supposed to be able to really like play with anything. You know, I don't, a lot of people, I get a lot of people like, you know, Oh, this, you're doing a lot of old school, you know? And I'm like, well, I look at it. It is, it is old school, but it's music that never died out. This is music that, you know, is still still sampled. Yes, yeah, still sampled today. And, you know, nobody's really touching it. So I touched the sound just to do it off project, you know, just so people like, hey, you know, this music is still popping. But after this, you know, mm -hmm. I got my original stuff coming back out. So yeah. So during that time period when you were trying to follow like the industry sound, do you think that kind of had a negative impact on you then? I think so, yeah. Honestly, because uh you know, as you always jump out of your own zone and you're trying to you're trying to do something that's, you know, uh, just to fit with just to fit with the times, it could take away from the from the uh, the you know the authentic self or the organic sound that you was already working on, and you know, who knows that sound that I was working on before that could have blew me up before anything, but. I went to different labels and, you know, everybody was looking for that easy, dumbed down sound where that's when the sound, that's when like Soldier Boy started coming in and he was just, every, all the songs just started becoming so simple, ABCs type songs and, you know, ringtone. yeah, just ringtone styles. And I had to try to, I had to try to get up with that because I was actually writing songs, you know, real R&B records, rap records. And it was that 90s vibe, early 2000 vibe, but that we started going into that ringtone era. And when you're trying to jump on board with stuff that's not really you at the moment, it's like you're trying to start fresh just to tap in with that whole zone. And I think that kind of burnt a lot of time um, with what I was trying to put out. And so, I, yeah, I think that did kind of affect a little bit. But in the same time, it was a blessing because, you know, when people go back to the old stuff, they go, wow, this dude was doing this before this even started, you know? So hopefully that'll catch people's attention as it grows even bigger. They'll go back and say, this guy's been doing this since early 2000, you know? Mm -hmm. It's, it's crazy. That's like the most like relevant thing right now though. You know, everyone's trying to chase what the main sound is right now, you know? So like in Seattle or, wherever realistically like because i'm from like the seattle music scene what we see is an artist named like little mosey who's like he's 
I think he's almost 20, but he like blew up at 15 and he kind of had that like SoundCloud era sound. So a lot of up and coming artists are trying to copy what he's doing, right? Yeah. Because that's what the industry sound is. Mm. So you kind of saw that earlier on then. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the, the, the good thing about my situation is I have a lot of, uh, a lot of OGs around me, you know, and they're always like, always keeping me on my toes and making sure that uh always keeping me on my toes making sure that things is like you know on point and that's what that's what helped me out you know with making sure that I don't lose it lose the times you know whether it's the whether it's the new sound or the classic sound so yeah that that was pretty it's a, it's a, it's a tricky one trying to stay in in a, in a loop with what's going on now because all the new generation everybody's into this you know uh the, the, you know the migos kind of set it off with the with the with that sound you know and so it's like you got to try to keep in you got to try to keep up with the time because music is always changing but at the same time it always comes mm-hmm. back to it always comes back to the first sound you know, everybody's looking for that old sound. Everybody want to sample the 90s or everybody's like, we need this sound back. You know, so you got, you know, right. you know how that goes. It's just that the the music industry is almost so saturated that like a question you hear a lot now when someone's coming out is like, oh, do they write their own stuff? Which I feel like when like starting out is that's not even that shouldn't even be like a question, but like it's something people have to ask now. Yeah. So, is that something you've always worked on, like writing your own music? Because that's what. Yeah. Like a few minutes ago, you're talking about like. Yeah, I, I, I've always. So how did, how did, I've always wrote my own music. I've always, uh, you know, I taught myself how to produce. Um, I've been producing beats and writing records for a long time. But I'm also I'm also open to to singing other people's records as well because if you're a singer, you know that if if you get a gig or something or you you have to sing at an award show, you're gonna have to sing other people's song if it's dedicated to someone else. And it's like you can't have a problem with that. You know, Beyonce, Usher, all these all your favorite artists they don't write their records but they sing it like it's theirs. You know, and that's an art. That's an mm-hmm. art. If you can do that with someone else's lyrics then, you know, you're not just a singer-songwriter, you're an artist, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But yeah, that takes skill to really take someone's lyrics and turn it into yours. Mm-hmm. So some of these artists that you've made connections with include like Ice-T, so how did that come about? Oh, well, uh, by the, a gentleman by the name Mickey Benson, you know, he's been working with uh, Fat Joe, Big you know, um, it's over 20 years in a group with my cousin called Five Bell. And, um, you know, I come from a legacy, a family of singers, you know, people from the 80s called the Force and Bees. And, you know, Mickey Benson, he was working though, so. See, you know, the group didn't work out and Ice had his eye on me for that whole time. He didn't really want to mess with a group. So when Mick told him that, yo, the group is kind of like everybody went their own way, but Zayim is still still on deck. And Ice was like, that's the one I wanted to work with anyway. You know, he got that voice that I want. I want to try this project with. And so me and Ice connected. We became friends. 
And um, before we even spoke on music, we just built, you know what I'm saying? And we became real good friends and we came with the idea, you know, um, AZ, you know, you got this four settled voice, man. I got this this idea I've been holding in my mind for a long time. And I want to see if you're down with it. You know, I want you to remake some of my favorite joints I grew up on. And I was like, hell yeah, nigga, I got to say no to the OG, you know? So came about, that's how it came about. You know, Mick connected us together and we build and then it just started from there. And I've been working with Ice for about mm-hmm. almost 10 years now. It's about 10 years we've been cool. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So like when I do research on you, things that pop up is like it says you're like Ice T's protege. I don't know. When I I saw that, I first saw it, I didn't even know what that was. I didn't even know what that meant at first. You know, <laughs> and then I started really seeing, okay, it's, it's kind of like, you know, uh I guess it's a, another term for like partnership or artists or something like that, you know. <laughs> I mean, I don't know who brung it up. I don't know where that word came from, who started that word. But I just stuck with it. I was like, hey, you know, if that's if that's what they word in it, it got to be something good if ICE is going along with it, you know. Mm-hmm. So what are some things that you've learned from Ice-T? Oh, man. Uh, well, just being true to what, you, what you're doing, man. You know, in this industry, you can get caught up and distracted with everybody else's opinions, you know, everybody else's vision. And Ice is a guy, he don't give a damn, excuse my language, but he don't care about what anybody's saying. Like, he'll he'll listen, but he'll let you know, like, that's cute and all, but I'm sticking to what I'm doing, you know? And what I learned from him is that, you know, you hold your ground, you stick to your, your guns, man, and people will respect respect you you know how you coming because you're not you're not breaking anything to to be a part of anything it's all about representing who you are you know he was one of the main people him and my uncle Khalil was one of the main people that kept telling me look we know the labels is talking about dumb this this down but f that like stick to what you're doing because once you break doing what you're doing it's going to be even bigger than what it would have been if you would have followed the trend of what these guys are telling you and I and I respect mm-hmm. someone like Ice to even tell me that because he could have easily said, yo, man, you better, you know, you better start dumbing it down and get on that dumb shit and just get it so <laughs> you can get on. But he didn't say, he was like, nah, you got a, you got a raw talent, you know, and you, you got to stick with it, man, because your sound, when it hit, is going to hit, you know. And another thing I respect about Ice that I learned, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a very, he's a, he's a family man and He's also, you know, he takes care of his people that's around him. And that's very important because the reason why he has so much respect all over the world is because he takes care of people. And, you know, he's just that guy that keep it 100 with you, you know. And I learned a lot of game. And one thing he does do, he does use a lot of sayings and quotes that make you go, oh, shit, like, that was crazy. He does a lot of that. So, and and it's <laughs> like when you, when you when it goes back and comes back up in your mind, you're like, damn, Ice was on some other stuff when he was saying that. You know what I mean? So when he says that ice cold game, he really got a lot of game, you know, coming from that time with the, the you know, the, the the OG gangster stuff, the ponytail times, you know what I mean? You know? But yeah, I learned a lot from Ice, man, when it comes to the just life and, and music and understanding how 
you know, this game works, you know, Ice and Ice and my uncle Khalil to force some D's and Mick. Mick definitely got a lot in there too, because Mick Benzo, he's been around Ice T a lot. He's always preparing me for what Ice may say, may not say. And, you know, it's just a lot of it's a lot of the preparation going on behind the scenes to help out. You know? Mm-hmm. And you know, like Ice T's been around forever. So like he's one of those just personalities and artists that he's found his like niche when it comes to like an audience. Like he knows that for sure he's gonna always get the older audience because he's been around for so long. Yeah. So how do you relate that to building your audience? You know, because you're still an up and coming artist. Do you try to connect with the older audience, like because of your newest, you know, project Butter Smooth, or do you understand that you still have to find a way to connect with this younger generation, like? Kids, because of like TikTok and stuff, kids are like realistically starting to listen to music by the time they're yeah. <laughs> five or six. Yeah. With TikTok and stuff like that. I mean, one thing I could say that, you know, uh, Ice is very consistent with, and this is with any artist, if you're trying to be, if you're trying to have longevity, you have to stay working and you have to keep your ears and eyes on the streets and, and, and what's, what's coming out new. Like this Butter Smooth project, you know, this is just something Ice wanted to do this just to showcase that, hey, this guy can hit certain notes. And I've, he, he felt like these songs, these selective songs, being that our parents was young, they was young when these songs came out and they was in these parties dancing to these records, slow dancing and doing what they, you know, doing what grownups do or young kids do trying to be grown. And, you know, um, he felt like, if this can work back then from cats like Marvin Gaye and, and you know, uh, uh, Ron Nisley, just these people, these, these older, not older, but like they was older than our parents a little bit, but they had that swag and the parents was looking at them like, I don't want to be like that. That works for them. It could work for the young people today. That's looking for that that young. It's just, it's definitely working because on my age racket, that's like, yo, this is R and B because they remember this music when they was kids, and their parents cleaning up the house and cooking and sold food and you know got a couple of butt whippings. You know what I'm saying? These records was playing in the background, so you know um, to keep up. That's one thing about Ice. He stays he stays working. You know, as you can see, he's on the SUV, Law and Order. He got the new show. Uh, minorities you got movies and that just shows that you know whether it's music whether it's movies whether it's you know whatever you got to keep yourself relevant however you can you know what i'm saying so me at my age you know i'm in the middle of the young and the older but i, I have i have a look where i can be 20 something i can have a look and be in the mid 30s but either way my flow from being a rapper, singer, and a writer, I can always switch it up and, and jump into time. So we just playing around with this project, man. This project is something that, you know, it's going to bring the oldies out and it's going to bring some light to the new the new ones to let people know, like, all these records y'all love that's being sampled, I'm singing it raw. I'm doing all of the, the it's four, four part group harmonies. I'm doing all those parts. You know, all you have to do is press a button and the whole thing is play. I'm singing these joints live, raw, you know, in your face and you're going to ask, damn, what song is that? You know, I heard that song before. You heard it on a sample, but I'm giving you it raw, mm-hmm. you know? So 
that's the difference of what we're trying to do now. We're just trying to show that these records are very powerful. And this is why these people are sampling these records because you you don't have really you don't really have no artists out here today that's willing to touch these records, you know, and bring those records to today's sound, you know. So that's how we playing around with this mm-hmm. project. So overall, do you want to be known as an artist that messes around with a lot of older sounds? Like when people look at your catalog going forward, are they going to start seeing a lot of older music as well as new music? Or how are you going to... Well, what, they, what, do, what do you want people to look at? When they when they think of Zaim, how do you want people to think of you? I want people to say, hey, this man can touch any record he puts his voice on, whether it's old or new. They're going to see, they're going to see me in a... After this project, you know, this project is like one of those projects, because these are remakes. So this is not original music. So it's like when you hear my original music, you'll say, oh, so he definitely has today's sound. But what made him, but it's, it's, it's so dope that he can go back and touch those type of records. So when I, when people say my name, I want them to put me in the, 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 uh, the categories of, you know, those that were able to captivate. This kid can, you know, go back in time and he can keep up with today's sound on any sound, you know, whether it's drill, whether it's trap, whether it's R&B, whether it's pop, whether it's classical, you know, I have too many hats. And you'll see that as my career starts to grow. So this is just the opening for people to see. Since there's no one touching this sound, I'm this young, this new young guy coming out that's touching these older sounds just to wake people up and say, hey, whoa, what's going on? And then when they hear my original records, they're like, whoa, this guy can spit a lot better than a lot of rappers. He can sing and keep up with a lot of the new sound. So I'm just like a chameleonaire, you know, that's what you want to, that's how you want to say it, you know, <laughs> I can mix it. I, I'm a mix in there. Do you I think- can mix in there. Do you think you're reinventing yourself lately or is this just continued evolution? Like when people look at you right now, is this like, do you have a new marketing plan or how are you going about making music now? Um, I think it's always important to keep reinventing yourself in some way. I mean, you want to come in there with your sound. You want to come in there with your, you know, with your swag. But at the same time, everything is always changing and, and, and it's always something new coming and if you're able to to uh, rebrand yourself or just, you know, put different type of disguises on, then you're able to always be in the in the game. You know what I'm saying? You won't ever be benched because you know at the at the end of the day, the people will know, hey, this guy is is creative. This guy can definitely jump in with any sound. You know, so marketing is very big because with the marketing plans that we're doing with this project, you know. Like I said, it's a young it's a young cat. He's singing these classic records. These records can be uh, sung and played for weddings, funerals, bar mitzvahs. These are those type of records where I can always make money, you know. And and um, with my original records, you know, those are the records that's going to be in today's marketing uh, packages. You know, with the streaming and stuff like that. Like we wasn't really going into we wasn't really going into the uh, coming into the game with this uh, looking for money or looking to go, you know, viral or platinum because these are not, these are covers. So this was just something to show like, Hey, uh, 
this guy is coming. We want to showcase his vocal ability, but we want to get these young producers on deck because there's so many producers out here, so many, you know, legendary producers, but you got a lot of young producers that's coming in the game right now, killing it. And so since Ice is an OG, this is the type of vibe he's on. He's in, he, he has me showcasing his thoughts with these type of records. If we get these young producers that say, hey, if you rolling with the OG, we know that something is possible, then he just wants me to get in front of these young guys so that way they can see like, yo, this is just a project. Don't look at me as an old cat because once you throw on that beat, I'm going to show you what I can do, you know? So it's just to show that um, I'm, I'm tapping into different different little things, you know? Just moving around I me. Mean, if, if Drake, if Drake could do it, and Chris Brown could do all these guys singing and rapping, you know, people don't look at Lauren Hill when she was out. She was, she was like the swaggiest one rapping and singing. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you can't look look at Lauren Hill and, and really say, okay, this is where a lot of these guys is is trying to do, then why not look at what I'm doing right now and say this guy is actually taking the sampling game back. You're gonna have to stop the sampling for a second and look for some singers to really do the sample for real, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So from my, my understanding, you do have kids. So have you learned anything from your kids when it comes to like understanding what they're listening to and like how they understand music through like TikTok or YouTube or however they listen to their music? Like, do you understand that audience at oh, all? Oh yeah. Yet? I mean, my kids is on that TikTok all day all day i done learned all the dances you know um <laughs> i learned how to edit little videos and tiktok you know it's so many different platforms that's out here man where these kids are learning and they're creating and you know and 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 that's just like with music or, or whatever you know entertainment it's always evolving so if you if you're young at heart you're going to want to stay in tune with what the kids is looking at. You know, if you were old head and you want to stay in your box and you don't want to hear nothing new, then you'll be looked at as, you know, the old head, old school. You only want to hear that type of sound. But me, I'm a kid at heart. You know, I got a young heart. You know, if I shave this off, I'm still in the prime. I could still be in the <laughs> 20s, you know. And and I, I do all of the young stuff, man. That's what keeps you young, you know, just, just hanging with the youngins and, and understanding where evolution is going, you know? And so my kids, they they taught me a lot when it comes to uh, all these new songs. They got new challenges, you know? And, and everybody's trying to keep up with it because they know that it's always going to be something new coming. And if, and if you ain't staying on that, then you'll always be left back. So I'm always going to be ahead because my kids is always watching the new stuff coming out. My daughter, London, she's singing. You know, my, my daughter, Milan, she's singing. She's, uh, they're both producing, they're dancing. And so just watching them come up, I'm also very careful of the type of music that I'm listening to because I don't want them to, you know, get caught up in these these songs that's showing nothing but, you know, drug abuse and, and, and women abuse and stuff like that. I want to be able to monitor what's in their minds and... So far, what's in their minds, they're, they're, they're keeping up. I mean, I can't keep them from the, from the you know, certain records that's popping right now because it's all over the place, you know what I'm saying? And these are most of the dances mm-hmm. is made to them. But at the same time, you better turn yeah. that radio edit version on, all right? <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Like, um, 
like early 2000s or even before that, I felt like R&B was more like sexual innuendos. But nowadays, it's just straight up oh saying what's on someone's mind. <laughs> I'm like, holy shit, there's no filter no at filter. all. <laughs> I, I remember in the studio a couple of weeks ago, I was singing a song and it was a girl in the session with me. You know, we was vibing. She was doing ad libs and stuff. And I was trying to be so respectful and not say the things that I wanted to say. It was like one of those sexy records. And, you know, I was on some four place uh, punchline stuff and I, I kind of caught a little block for a minute. And she was like, you're being a little too nice. Just say it. Just say it. Be raunchy. You know? <laughs> it's just like, really? OK. You know, so it's, it's that's that's the time we in, man. They just saying saying it out, you know, out loud and raw, you know. It's just crazy, man. And it's young ones doing it too. And it's hitting. It's yeah. hitting. Oh gosh. Who who hey. But it's the DJs too. You got DJs, radios. They they choose to play these records. If they were so worried about kids saying certain things or going a certain route, they wouldn't play these type of records. You know, keep it in the club if yeah. that's what it is. If it's, a, it's yeah. that type of record, keep it in that type of atmosphere. You know what I'm saying? But mm. nowadays we got we got cats that just want that first. They want to have that first dibs in the uh, the record that's popping in the strip clubs or the streets, you know, and they take that and make it mainstream, you know. There's a lot of talented artists out here that's saying some real stuff, talking about what's going on today, you know, and they don't get the shine as the person that, you know, will throw on those bling bling and, and call all the bitches and hoes and all this and drinking lean and I'm effed up. That's what everybody want to be. They want to be that. You know, yeah. being 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 smart and, and 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 intellectual is corny right now. You know that shit is corny. You gotta you gotta be you gotta be the new pop smoke. You gotta be the you know what I mean. You gotta be in the time. You gotta look like a rapper. You gotta have the right plug in, the right swag. You know what mm -hmm. I mean. That's all they want. You know. So if if drake was to go if drake or let's just say little uzi or one of these guys go and start talking about save the world and you know heal this that people would be like what the fuck is these niggas talking about you know what I mean? <laughs> you know but <Yeah. laughs> you know it takes that one for I, I actually i just did a song with ice t uh called take a stand and we did it in the mid the midst of the yeah. pandemic and, you know, I was very surprised with the response because, you know, like I said, people don't want to hear the, the what's happening now. But at that time, and if you caught if you caught on to this in 2020, all the artists we're talking about right now that's into the, the, the trap and all that shit, everybody was trying to jump on the uh, power to the people bandwagon or, or take a stand or fight yeah. for the rights and equal. All of them try to make a record like that just to follow with the trend because we was we was oh, in some shit. real yeah. shit. And you know, and ain't nobody trying to hear that shit you talking about because we ain't got no money right now and we could blow up right now. Nobody trying to hear that shit. I can't get jiggy with this before mm -hmm. I die. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and God. so even like public enemy even came back with a joint. Right. Like, like where the fuck how this shit happened, you know? <laughs> and so it, the Take a Stand record did pretty good. You know, we over, we about a little over 20,000 streams on Spotify, something like that. And, you know, it just felt good to, to know that people actually is listening to that because I was saying some real shit in there, you know, and I wanted people to really understand, like, yo, you know, 
yeah, yeah, I really need to wake up. You know, we need to really start changing the game in our communities and, and teaching the youth that, yo, we, you could be an artist, but you gotta be in tune with the business. Cause it ain't, it ain't music without business. You know what I'm saying? Unless you just gonna be a bedroom artist and you doing this shit for a hobby. You know, we got, we got to start showing the, the, the new, the new age and the older, even with the older people, you know, older people got to come down into our, into our world and they got to understand, yo, we not in 70 and 86 and none of that shit. We in the technology world, Bitcoin and crypto is, is alive right now. Like stop talking about uh, the shoebox and start talking about showing us how to really invest in assets. You know what I'm saying? Really put us on because, you know, the young people is right now, they the ones that's changing the game with financial stuff because they know how to work this technology and internet stuff, you know? So mm-hmm. that's where we at today, man. You, shit. If you old or young, you better, you better keep up with what's going on right now. Shit. That, mm-hmm. is, it, is it important for you to be connected to, your music scene in New York at all? It is. It is because that's where I'm from, man. You know, it would be nice if the whole New York supported each other the way, you know, people from other countries or other cities and shit, you know. New York, we we kind of like, we're the essence of this shit, man, and, and we just don't support our own artists enough. You go to A-Town, you go wow. to the A, everybody's like, yo, let's do something. Let's, let's perform, let's record, let's go do this show, you know. But New York, Everybody's in competition. Everybody's got their mans do this. So we do this too. We can't make no money together. You know, and even them, they're going out of New York to get notarized. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's leaving New York to try to get they get their name up, you know? So that should tell you, hey, is New York the place to really do music? And that's that's kind of that's kind of been one of my things as well. That's I feel was holding back a lot of the things I was trying to do because I stayed in New York for so long trying to build that buzz in my own backyard, you know, and every time I went out of the state, I would get a lot more love, you know, so that showed me that, you know, maybe we, we stayed in New York a little too long when we was working in the beginning mm-hmm. part. And we, and we had a nice buzz in those early 2000s, but as time started changing, and, you know, the A-Town started stepping up and they started coming in hard. And it was like New York was like, yo, we sticking with this sound and da, da, da. But then you had some of the New York artists trying to sound like people from Atlanta or trying to sound like people from Shottown. So New York was it's a lot of mixy shit and why. You know, I love my I love my I love my home, but we just not we're not there yet when it comes to uh, rocking with each other like that. You know, we're not there yet. Mm-hmm. For Seattle, like we've we had like a pretty good music scene like in the early '90s, you know, with like Nirvana, Sir Mix a Lot, all those like rock bands, and um, we even you know like MTV came down, everything like that. Like we had a lot of like press, but um, you know, like since like mid 2000s, we haven't really seen a lot of press or anything like that. So like we've been struggling with getting like media outlets out here. So like one reason I started the podcast, other people are starting podcasts, things like that. And we don't really have radio stations that support the local scene either. So like, but a lot of people want to stay in Seattle to build up their music scene. Cause we see there's being like a steady rise. Right. So it's crazy to see, you know, coming from New York, they're seeing like a decline kind of, mm-hmm. but we're here not really having a media outlet. 
but you guys have like the breakfast club how does the breakfast club if they do support the new york music scene man breakfast club uh i think all of that you know breakfast club is like the number one station right now out here and to get on breakfast club you gotta either know somebody or you gotta have a big bag you know and it's not like you know it's not like if you go to somewhere where they support the artists, you know, and they like your music, they're going to put it in on a playlist and they're going to play it with the right time or whatever. They won't even do that. You know what I'm saying? You really got to, you really got to have either a hit coming from somewhere else or you got to have a big bag or you got to really have a brother or sister in there that can squeeze you in there. Like, you know, and so honestly, we're in a time where a lot of cats ain't really even paying attention to the radio. You know, a lot of us is more so in, uh, even though the radio is like the biggest way to really get everybody at the same time, but it's, you got the internet, you know, and Breakfast Club is on Zoom right now. Like, they had to, they had to bow down and get to what's happening right now. So if that's the case, who's really worried about just Breakfast Club? Like, there's billions of people online. If you if you if you got the right team or if you know how to tap in with all these different platforms, you can go viral. You know what I'm saying? Without Breakfast Club, mm-hmm. you know. Breakfast Club is they trying to keep up with what's happening too. You know, even though they're the number one station, they still trying to find out how to stay in there. So what they had to do, they had to find a way to go virtual. You know what I'm saying? So right. radio is not really the big I mean, it's it's definitely a big help, you know, but it's you're in a city where radio supports you. You know, that's like Meek Mill going up to the station when Rick Ross was there and they actually let the nigga in. He got his time. He got his shine. Like, how many times you can hear a nigga do that in New York, you know? Jake J. Cole waited out in front of Rockefeller for days before somebody said, come in, man. Like, that's the old school way of trying to get in there. Now we in a new generation. Nobody waiting outside. Like, we're going to do a thousand videos, throw it out ourselves share it with all our family and friends, pay for some boosts, like start a podcast, start an online radio station. Like this is where we at with it, man. You know? Mm-hmm. So you don't think that the breakfast club really supports like the local New York scene really? It's more based on like helping. Based on if you're already hot. Kind of blown yeah, up. If you hot already, they may, they may throw you in there or, you know, and I don't, I don't want to wow. say, you know, I don't know everybody down there. I know a couple people, but, you know, they would even tell you sometimes it's not worth it. Like, it ain't even worth it to really focus on trying to get it on the Breakfast Club. Because at the end of the day, you know, um, you have to have a you have to have a budget to get consistent play. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's just say DJ Envy say, hey, man, I like, I like the young man, Charlamagne say, I like young man, let's play play this record by, I guess, 20 seconds. Like, that's a hope. We're hoping that the world got a chance to grab that at the same time versus them saying, you know what? I fucks with this, this album. I want to put this on the rotation so this young man can be heard. That ain't happening. Mm. That ain't happening. I think you. I think mm. if maybe you know if you like I said if you know somebody in there or if you already have a hit and you blowing up over somewhere in the A or some in the UK or or whatever and they like yo this dude is coming back to the US. 
a lot of New York stations and a lot of New York people, they only jump on things that's already bubbling from over there. Like, you know, you got to be already popping. Before. That's that's what's whack about it, you know, versus an Atlanta scene. You know, everybody's in the club together. You'll run into the club with JD and Jazzy Faye and Future and all of them is in there. And the DJ will go, yo, send your shit. Send your shit. You know what I'm saying? And it better be hot. You know, Funk, if you look at an interview, Funk Flex really kind of, you know, blew it up, man. Funk Flex really blew it up. He said, you know, a lot of this shit got messed up when DJ started charging cats crazy money just to get a little quick spin, you know? And that's what it is. It became a money thing. It became like, yo, throw me something, you know, or, you know, yo, you get a one song play for a hundred something dollars, give me 300 in a bottle, like... It ain't no love. Like, yo, I rocks with you, man. You dope. All right, I see your hustle. Let me play that. Ain't none of that. Unless you, unless I'm missing out. <laughs> unless I'm missing something. Because that's the case. There'll be a lot of cats I know besides myself getting some rotation on, on 105.1. You know? Do you think media outlets just found, like, a marketing way to, like, make, to make money off people? Or do you think it's more that it's just such a saturated market? I think it's both. I think it's so saturated that the media outlets found a way to to to, to tag along and add on a new way to making money off it. You know, this whole new streaming thing. There's so much music out. There's so many artists out. You got bedroom artists. You got uh, artist touring artists. You got artists that's been out that's trying to stay relevant. And now that record labels ain't really like you know the big thing. You know they're tapping into the streaming and they're tapping into, you know, all these other platforms that's helping artists eat directly, you know? And so, you know, it, it kind of tampers with, it kind of tampers with, you know, people doing their own independent thing because now you have these guys with most of the power and you're building up your thing and you like where you're going with it, but you always dreamed of being on this label or you always dreamed of having this machine behind you. And the and only way to get that is if they get, 50 to 80 percent of what you already started building on your own you know and it's like mm. it's like now that's why you got these young guys like why do that like i already got a hundred thousand fans that really fuck with me you know what i'm saying i can make money doing just this but it ain't nothing like having that machine behind you and that's the only dangle they have over a lot of these guys you know a lot of them is like look you don't got the name we don't got the budget. We got the producers. We still got the connects. You know, so you'll have those guys that say, fuck it. Give me a hundred thousand. Let me throw the chain on. You can get 70% of my publishing. Like these are, these are guys that's been waiting. So that's why you got so many artists out here. That's to me, that sounds the same and they don't know how to change the lane or they don't know how to do this because they always, they, they always dreamed of being this artist. And when they get the opportunity, they'll take anything. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And you give a nigga a chain and 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 fifty thousand dollars and and a and a and a record to play on the radio forever. He don't even have to own this shit. He's just happy that he's on the radio. He's just happy that he can say he's an artist. And what is gonna happen after that? And labels feed off of that because they know I'm gonna make money off of this quick first run and get this cat this million streams. And we're gonna tap into that publishing. We're gonna tap into these things to make sure we get in it 360. And if he don't know, and if this artist don't know how to follow up with what's happening, 
I'm sorry, buddy. We tried to, you know, we tried to help you get your kick start, but if you didn't have anything to wind up after that, and now you walking around as this this guy with the hottest song, but you don't even you ain't even getting no money, or you ain't even getting nothing from it. Now you gotta hope people book you, you know. Wow. Yeah, it's it's crazy. It's That's sad. It's, it's sad. <laughs> it's very sad. Damn. It's, it's I think it's important sad. for artists to like like yourself to actually look and see that though from a bird's eye view, you know. It's like you know what to stay away from and how to build up your own platform. No matter what, no no matter if you're an older artist, younger artist, building up a platform independently definitely takes years of grinding, you know, like like even like I interviewed a few artists who've blown up on TikTok, but it took them over a year, just a year alone of like no one, people like my age or older don't really honestly like TikTok. If you're an artist, mm-hmm. at least it's not like they're like, oh, shit, I love right. TikTok. But like these artists that have blown up on TikTok, they've had to make that like a priority to watch it over and over and over and see what actually is popular on TikTok. So like you can game the algorithm mm-hmm. that alone is taking months and months in research and trial and error, you know, like there's no easy way to gain traction in music. Right, it's not. It, it look, it, it always it always goes back to the old school way. And the back in the days, you record a record, you get it pressed up, you do a, a local tour, you give you gain your fans locally. Hopefully, the the stations locally will pick it up. They'll play it. Now you're getting played in other states. You go take a trip into that state that's rocking with your music. You perform out there. That's the organic way where cast is jumping the van with everything and just be living the van for the for the for, for two months and just travel and do it like that. Now, you know, with the TikToks and the and the the, tri- the thrillers and the, all of these new things, it's like, yo, I'm gonna just post 30 seconds of this, you know, get people to make a little dance to it or start a challenge to it. And you repost that, it'll be flooding it up. It's a little like spam, you know what I'm saying? To the point where it's like, yo, we got to just do the damn dance. Just do the dance so you can say you did it. You know what I mean? That's that's where it started to come to. And it's almost like radio. Radio plays the same records over and over and over, even if you don't even like shit you'll find yourself singing that shit because they are drilling this shit. If, you, if you catch that game each i gotta drill this shit in people's head this little just one little move mm. i gotta do this shit everywhere i go june bug dude look at look at how he's moving right he has to do that for as long as he can until he finds another way to turn it you know what i mean because that's all he's doing that's every so now that everybody's doing that he has to keep that going and stretch it as long as it can. Who knows how long it's going to go, but that's all you see. He has everybody doing it. He's now doing green screens. He's now doing, you know, running up on people doing it. You got action figures doing it. So the more you, you know, you got to know how to be a commercial. If you're going to be independent, if you're going to be independent, learn how to be your own commercial, learn how marketing and promo works. And just really live your brand, man. That's where we at. Mm-hmm. So, how has COVID affected your music, if it has? Um, well, it definitely. I had a before COVID really hit. I had like fourteen show dates, and um, 
that that messed it up, man. I would have had a nice little pocket. You know what I mean? My pocket, my jeans would have definitely been tight for my pockets. You know what I'm saying? And that COVID just knocked out a lot of uh, money opportunities at that time. So that was, that was, ugh. But then what I have to be thankful about COVID is if it wasn't for this pandemic and all of this stuff, all of this Zoom stuff we doing, it wouldn't even be. All of these things that we doing now to, to, to be in people's face and stay relevant and be virtual and be creative with these different platforms, it wouldn't even be right now because we would still be just jumping in the pool of optimistic. And nobody would even be thinking like, let me create this thing where we could still keep in touch, social distance, you know, and still be able to do what we do for the people. And so I, I, I think that the pandemic definitely was a, 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 win and a, a win and a loss. You know, we lost a lot of people. We lost a lot of money. We lost a lot of, uh, a lot of homes. Just everything was effed up. But then we did gain a lot of knowledge. We gained a lot of new technology. We gained a lot of new futuristic things that could possibly help us health-wise, financially-wise. We're learning now that, yo, the dollar don't even mean shit no more. Let's really now step up. I'm glad this happened now. Like, I'm, a, I'm woke now. Let me, we going into a new year. Let's get prepared so this shit won't happen again. You know, so I think this is, it helped out. And it, 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 it was a messy one, but it helped out. You know, I'm going to say it like that. Yeah. Definitely. There's lots there's been lots of ups and downs and hopefully this these vaccines work, but I don't know for sure. Are you t- are you taking the vaccine and stuff? Um I if it helps realistically, but we we, don't, we won't even know for another month or two like how much different these mutations are from the vaccine itself, you know? Like this right. actually this might turn into a thing where it's just COVID itself is different from the flu, but people try to say it's the flu who haven't done the research. It's not like mm-hmm. the flu at all. Right. But how you could relate it to the flu is that this could be a thing where we just need a new vaccine every year, you know, because of mm-hmm. how, how many times this is mutating. But mutations are supposed to get more deadly, or if not deadly, more sp- like spreadable, you know? Right, right. So yeah. I have no idea. Like, I'm not even in the age range yet where I could get the vaccine, but like, of course, I'm going to step back and see like how effective it is or not. I'm not really. I have a second podcast about conspiracies and shit, but I'm not really being yeah. all conspiratorial about this vaccine, especially if this vaccine helps people's lives get back to normal. But yeah, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, it's yeah. it's definitely yeah. a mess. It's definitely a mess. I mean, it's, and it's going to be especially for entertainers. You know, people that's that got to do shows out of the country or out of state and. You know, if they're trying to require you to have a vaccine just to go make your money, that's going to be like, it's going to be tough, man. You know, it's, it's too, first of all, to me, they created this thing too fast, this vaccine. And then they have too many different types of vaccines from different companies. And, you know, we know that it takes a while to develop a, a working vaccine. We also know that, you know, most of us that done took vaccines, we took that shit when we was in elementary, junior high school, like, you know, so yeah, now we know what's in them shits, but now we also know what's roaming around right now. And you can't expect us to just like 
jump right in to go putting that shit in us. You know what I mean? You know, um, during this pandemic, man, I've been doing a lot of researching and studying, you know, even before that. But I had a lot of time to myself at one point where I was just like, I just been YouTubing and reading books and, you know, just really trying to build my knowledge on the body and what's going on in our universe and where the money currency is going. And it really woke me up to a lot of things, man, that I really need to start preparing myself and my family for any type of shit like this to happen again, you know, or and, and just being like ahead of the game, man. You know, it's a lot of, it's a lot of people's, uh, it's a lot of hands-on people that we don't even know or seen that has their hands on our whole life. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, just knowing that makes me like, yo, really? You know? And so if the, if nobody's thinking about that or if nobody cares and they like, just give me this shit, you know? And it's like, hey, by all means, do what you got to do, you know? But don't make me look stupid because I ain't taking a vaccine that I don't know about just because they said it's going to prevent me from getting COVID. Like, the shit still says you can get sick, even if you take it. Yeah. So, the hell are you trying to yeah. prove to me? <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, but hey. and even it even go, it even goes beyond like a vaccine. It's just like things in the world. Like for example, hopefully this doesn't happen, but you can. There's def, just like there's people that are looking at it as a positive way of like doing research and just studying up on things. There's people who are using this time to research for negative things, like people looking at the capital riots that happened and seeing how it mm-hmm. failed, you can be like, okay, I see how this failed. What can I do to make this actually happen properly? Right. You know, like yeah. there's negative people out there in the world. So just as a normal person, you just want to study up on what's going on in the world, protect your For family, real. protect yourself. So there's a, there's a lot of positive things that have come out of the pandemic, like just taking a step back and understanding what's actually important. Yeah. Like I feel like, even though everyone has like a family, sometimes people just get caught up in like jobs and whatever's going on that everyone, like when it comes down to it, they'll say their family is important, mm-hmm. right? But when you're busy doing shows, working, whatever it is, you kind of just... You didn't even think about them. You, you just, you're, you're, <laughs> yeah. But like, it, it, at, the, at the end of the day, like it's just you and your right. family. You know, that's what's most important. Right. And that pandemic so. helped a lot of us step back and look at everything that we have and to ourselves and say, you know what? A lot of us is dying. Looking at everybody that's here with me right now. Like, let's sit down for a minute and plan this shit out while everybody's sitting down. You know? And so, yeah, you... This pandemic was a great sit down. It was a reality check. That's the best way I could put it. It's a big reality check for all of us to slow your ass down. You know, even if you don't even have a family, it still slowed you down and sit down and say, what am I going to do right now to benefit me from five years from now? If this shit happens again, or if I wind up, once I get to an age where I can move in my own and I'm going to have my own kids and shit like this is the time I need to really start plotting on how I'm gonna, uh, you know, set my situation up. Because if I don't do it now, and, and and I was hoping, and I was wishing that all the all of the stuff that was happening with the racial, um, the racial stuff and the and the black and white and the police brutality, all this stuff was happening, and all within this one year, 
while we having a, a you, you still got people running around killing each other on the low, black on black, white on white, and all of this stuff is happening in the middle of a pandemic and a virus. It shows you that, <laughs> yo, we are, it's like, it's something going on. I don't know if it's in the food. I don't know if it's in the air, but they just don't get it that this is the perfect time to sit your ass down. Sit down, you know? And I don't know, yeah. man. I don't know. I, I was really hoping that, you know, a lot of the black and brown brothers and sisters would have took this time to really start educating themselves on, uh, you know, wealth and, 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 uh, community activity and getting involved with being a voice when it comes to voting and, you know, making changes in, in your community and your neighborhood. A lot of us was, a lot of us wasn't even still on it. They wanted to go and get some new kicks and where are you wearing these clothes that I'm like, everybody went to go run and get and grab and, and loot and all that. In my head, I'm like, where are they wearing this shit at? Like, everything is closed. You know, <laughs> how you, where you going to get jiggy? Where you partying at? Like, and so that made me think, like, it's a lot of people that still don't, it's just, they just not there yet mentally when it comes to what we need. You know, it ain't nobody else full. It's us. It's us. We have to really say, yo, let me put the pride in the pocket. Let me get together with my my brothers and sisters and let's really do something for the kids in the on the block. Let's do something so they can have somewhere to go that's safe. So if something pop off, a tornado or earthquake, yo, we we got a whole 23 acre building where everybody can go and be safe. There's food, there's shelter. Ain't nobody thinking about that shit. Like, yeah. I don't know. Then they get mad. They get mad when you know when you can't be. When somebody, you know, you can't smoke your weed or something in public, you know, it's, that's because you ain't taking the time to see who's trying to fight to legalize weed. How can you get your people together to come with better, better uh, solutions to make this a more safer thing so the cops won't be fucking with you? You got good bud. You ain't got to be worried about, you know, that's a whole nother industry. You know, mm -hmm. <laughs> everybody's getting into that, you know, and. It's a, it's, it's a lot of things everybody's just trying to jump on for the cap, you know what I mean? That's the new word, I guess, the capping. The capping. The capping. <laughs> <laughs> so what are the things you do outside of music, even? Man, you know, I'm always, I'm around my family a lot, man. I, I be cooking, you know, I'm a, definitely a chef. They call me Chef Boyazi, you know what I mean? I be in the <laughs> kitchen. Shut up, my daughter back there. No, you do Nah, but... <laughs> I be, you know, I be, I, I be, I like cooking. I like vacating, man. Me and my family, we do a lot of like, you know, just taking trips. Um, and then, you know, other than that, I try to teach my daughters, you know, how to be prepared, man. You know, um, I'm working on them and building their crafts. You know what I'm saying? And it's just, you know, just, just really planning my family, man. I, that's, I'm a very family. I'm a family man at like, real, real, like, you know. So when I'm not doing music. I'm with my family. If I'm not with my family, I'm somewhere in the studio. Or if, it's not, if I'm not doing music in the studio, I'm editing videos. I'm, you know, I'm shooting videos. You know, I'm, I'm consulting people that's trying to uh, find their way into the music business. You know, I'll be having people hitting me up. I'll be just on long hour sessions helping people out with information. You know, 
And when I'm not doing recording, I got a radio station in PA with my uncle. So we have a radio station called Uni ETV. So we got a podcast, we got the radio station, we got a video multimedia room. It's an advertising company. Um, we do commercials. Wow. You know, it's just a lot. So we we I just been busy, man. I can't I can't see myself sitting down. You know, idle time is a devil's workshop, man. And I always tell people once you sit down and you give yourself that idle time, the devil finds his way in there to make you feel like you ain't doing shit, you know, and and if you ain't, and the only way you're going to get out of that is doing something that makes you happy, you know? If you ain't doing something that makes you happy, whether it's music, whether it's, you know, family, meditation, whatever it is you're doing, that devil's going to find his way to creep in there and sit you down for even longer. And you're going to find yourself on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter for three hours and don't even realize time done went by because you stuck and you're not doing something that's productive that can make you happy or make you better, you know? Yes. Yeah, so. Wow. That's dope, though. I like. I think it's important for like artists who take what they're doing seriously to like find other ways to find work within media as well. You know, like sometimes, like I tell like a lot of up and coming artists, like myself, even you know, like I found a way to like work at a radio station and do a podcast. Like things that go hand right. in hand. Like sometimes it can be discouraging for artists who like are working a job they hate, mm-hmm. but they also want to make music, and they're like what if I just quit my job and do music, but then they end up being homeless or broke or whatever it is, you know, just find something that gives you inspiration yes. that also can help you with your craft. Very important. I ain't gonna lie. I, I done, I done mm. left a lot of jobs because every time I'm working in the job, you know, and I'm putting all my effort in, you know, just to, just to get by and survive and do what I got to do. Music is always calling me, you know, I'm always like learning something new that I could be doing to push myself even more as an artist or as a an entrepreneur, you know, and I just never could keep a job. You know what I mean? I, I'm good at keeping jobs but when I feel like, you know, I'm not getting treated right. Cause I'm like one of the guys on the job that I do whatever, you know, I, Oh yes, sir. I got it. I got it. No problem. Uh, uh, I'll make it easy for everybody. But when you don't get that same type of vibe, you start to be like, fucking work at this piece of shit like i can do my own shit like you know what i'm saying and so if that if that's how your passion is always and you need to be doing what you love to do but you got to be prepared to be broke for a while you got to be prepared to get a lot of no's and if you're real strong with it who knows it might happen quicker you know i've learned to love the word no you know i've i've learned to love the word no i want you to tell me no because it's gonna make me go and try it again and until I get that yes, you know, out of a hundred no's, you get four yeses. Those yeses could be, you know, a big bag for you or, or a big connect for you, you know. And that's just, that's anybody with, you know, artist, entrepreneur, or if you got a job, you know, just always be determined. Don't let no be the uh, the answer. That, that's not the answer at all. We're going to keep, we're going to keep moving. Always keep moving. Hell yeah. Got it. Got to keep moving. Well, Zaim, what is the easiest way for people to reach you? The easiest, easiest way is go to officialzaim.com. But, you know, uh, if you on social media, the Instagrams and Twitter is at officialzaim. Everything is officialzaim. So officialzaim.com, Instagram officialzaim, Twitter officialzaim, Facebook is the only one that's Zaim the Dream. You know, and... um. Yeah, I got a lot of stuff coming out, man. I appreciate you too for having me on your platform and 
and taking the time out to really, you know, get into my world. And I appreciate what you're doing for the culture and for the youth and, you know, uh, giving people voices and giving people a chance to shed light on what they're doing. You know, you a young king as well, and you coming in the game with the right way, you know, so keep doing what you're doing, brother. And I'm looking forward to the future. I'm looking forward to doing something. You know, I'm pretty sure you got some other things you're doing that we can't wait to see come out, man. Hell yeah. Well, this is the NAS Podcast with... Your boy Zayn.